Tonight on the Goblin's Corner, we review Ten Candles. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblin's Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And happy Halloween, guys. Happy Halloween, folks. We have done four episodes, and now we are on our fifth, counting down the days to Halloween, and we are reviewing probably one of my more favorite games. This is probably the favorite game for Halloween, just thematically, and it's just a spooky game. Ten Candles. Yes, sir. This is just an awesome, awesome game. Uh, I can't I can't even tell you how much I enjoy the idea behind this game and how much I want to play it. Yes. Why don't you start off? What is Ten Candles exactly? All right. So Ten Candles is named Ten Candles because obviously it's a one shot game. Very much like Dread. Right. In that you make a character, but you do roll some dice and you have some attributes, but it's all dependent upon... 10 candles. And as the candles go out, the darkness slowly consumes you. This now, is, we should say this is designed to be played in a dark room. Yes. Or ten, outside at night. Outside at night. I would say outside, and I'll get to that in a second. But it's to play to be played in pitch black with just the 10 candles, and that's it. Yep. And this is, whereas Dread is more, it's horror, but it's amusing. You could probably play it at a party. This is definitely... Like, you want some mood music. I mean, this is like a seance almost. I mean, you know you know what I mean? Like, you roll into the room and it's, it's you're definitely going to be scared with this game. Or yeah. if, if, the, if the storyteller is doing their job. Right. So it's a, it's a zero prep game, which means you can walk in not having any knowledge of how to play, start a story pretty much from Jump Street, and go. Yeah. It can be played... With the one storyteller or GM and about three, five players. This is usually about a good number to play. I wouldn't say any more than than six. Yeah. I mean you could, but it but it's probably best with pretty much the same as dread. Mathematically, you're gonna eat your way through ten candles the more characters you have, because the more characters you have, the more roles you have. Yep. As we mentioned, there are ten candles. We'll get to why that's important in just a second. So first off, I want to jump in and say no one will live in this right. game. This isn't like Dread, where you might have a chance of living if the story stops. No. Ten Candles plays until everyone, everyone dies. Yeah. Yes. So this isn't exactly a game about survival. This is about a game of... Tragic horror. Tragic horror. Yeah, it's a tragic horror game. And a lot of... You can have some fun stuff in it as well, but you're going to die. It's a horror game. All of the characters will die. In this... It's not a game about winning or beating the monsters. It's about what happens in the dark and then what you do to survive in the dark. Right. The candles themselves act like a timer, which allow you to literally burn your character away as you play. And in fact, there are certain attributes you will have as your character progresses and plays that you will burn away to perform an action or save yourself. And the setting can change from game to game. As I mentioned, there's different modules, just like Dread has. You can have a sci-fi horror, you can have a dark horror, and those are depending upon what you buy, I guess. But what's more interesting also is that the antagonists of the game change, and that often depends 
on not just the storyteller, but also how the players act, what they do. Yeah, what they say, yeah. that sort of thing. Lots of chanting of phrases as well. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah. So first off, there are some dice in this system. They use six-sided dice. You have 10 of one color, and then you've got one per player of another color. Right. So you would have a blue die. I would have a red die. Somebody else would have a green die, what have you. Yeah. To start with, you light the 10 candles. You light it in a circle, and then there's a bowl in the center. Right. And that bowl is for burning your character sheets. <laughs> now, this is why we say, play it outdoors, guys. Don't burn your house down playing this game. Yeah, even, even if you're super careful, you're going to set off your smoke detectors. Yep. Now, you're going to make your character. Then you're going to create some adversaries. And this is usually from a description one character gives to the GM. Or it could be a series of things that each character says, and they have statements that they will talk about. You might be something like they have hooks for hands or their touch burns like acid. And that may be all you have to say. Just make up some kind of descriptor. could even be something innocuous like they're all around us. And you could, and that'll be it. This will evolve over time as the adversaries change and you fight different monsters and stuff. One of the things to know is if the fire burns all of your cards, you're dead. Yep, that's it. And if the candles burn out, you're, you're dead. dead. And we'll get to how that happens. So let's talk about character creation. You need some index cards. Okay. Simple. So we got dice, index cards, Sharpie or pen and pencil. That's pretty much it. Yep. So you write down one virtue on an index card. And you set it aside. So you say virtue and you write it down. You set that to the side. And then... You write down one vice, mm -hmm. which is not specifically a vice so much as a negative trait because it's not necessarily, oh, they're addicted to something or oh, yeah. anything like that. It can just be their brood or mean or what have you. Yeah. A virtue might be something like I'm kind or helping or charming, whereas a vice might be I'm sociopathic or paranoid or maybe just plain old mean. Yeah. Then... What I find amusing is once you've written your vice and your virtue, you take the virtue, pass it to the left to whoever's playing next to you, pass your vice to the right. Yep. So everybody gets what everybody else wrote down. This, by the way, if you've played this game before, is a fun way to mess with everybody else. Sure. You then take what virtue and vice you were given, and that is what you make your character from. And this can be anything you like. You want to play a jock? Cool. You want to play, if you're playing some kind of sci-fi horror, you can play whatever trope. Engineer, you, sure. Yeah, you can make any anything up. There's no attributes. There's no skills or anything like that. You are what you say you are in this game. It is purely a storytelling game. Right. Mechanically, it's pretty simple, and we'll get to that in a minute. But so, but that's it. That's that's You have vice and virtue. You make your character up. There are two more cards that should be alighted in you can jump in on that. Right. I was just about to say, that gives us two cards apiece. So the third card, you write for yourself. And it's, what brings you hope? How do you gain hope right. in the story? And this should be something that is relatively simple. Right. Something that's achievable. Common-ish. Common-ish, yeah. Maybe you get a letter from a loved one, or you find a dog that survives and give it a hug. Right. Or even something like, I don't know, 
reuniting with someone or finding food to yeah. survive. It, it usually, it, it can even be dependent upon the kind of horror that you guys are are starting out. So if the storyteller comes in and says, we're going to do a zombie survival horror. Okay. Finding food might be yeah a good a, hope. Some type of supplies. Yeah. I want to find a shotgun. Okay. That's your hope. Right. I want to find a shotgun so you can face the darkness. Cool. If you fulfill this hope, you get a hope die. And that is one you cannot lose in the game. And that's the colored set right. of dice that you get. You will also, and then I find this, both fascinating and awesome at the same time, you also get from somebody else a Brink card. And this describes something, and what I usually do when I've played this is have everybody just kind of write something down, throw it into a hat, and if you pull the one that you wrote, you just draw again. Sure. But you get a Brink card. This describes a horrible and revealing thing they saw your character do. And this could be anything as simple as I've scalped brave tickets to really. That's a, that's a horrible that's and a horrible revealing thing. Fucking scalpers! How dare, how dare you? <laughs> to I've stolen someone's tires. To I've eaten a child. Right? I mean, it could be as grandiose as you want, or as innocuous as you want. It could be anything. Right. But you're gonna write something. I used to down. be a stick-up kid. Yeah. I would say go creative with that. It depends on who you play with. You might go straight up horror, right? I witnessed a murder. I was part of a murder. Right. And didn't say anything. So you could do something like that. So you've got virtue, vice, a hope card. And a brink card. And a brink card. Yep. Yep. And that's it. So you got four index cards. You then arrange those cards. And I believe you can arrange them in any order, but your brink card has to be at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Then you whip out your cell phone, or if you want to write this down, I've had people write this down, but you record yourself an in-character final goodbye, a message that you'll listen to after your character's death. So when your character dies, everybody gathered around listens to your final goodbye. A good way to play this is everybody goes off into a different room, records their yes. final goodbye. That way it's like super spooky, and that way when you... And I've even seen people who get really into this. They step away. If you're playing this at a party, for example, then you go have a drink, you play your final goodbye, and then you just walk off. That's awesome. This is fun to do as a recording. There's other ways to do it, but and then I've seen people write it down. The Game Master does it. but It depends. So to play, it's very simple. Again, we go back to Dread. It's, it's really simple to play. Right. It's just another game that's really fun. You jump into it immediately. So you get your cards, vice, virtue, hope, brink, brink's always last. Right. So let's get to the 10 candles part of 10 candles. Okay. So candles, which are, which all start lit Mm -hmm. are darkened by a failure in some sort of contest. Some it's usually conflict conflict. yeah. Yeah. Here's, here's the way it works. You do a regular action, that action more or less happens in line with the story. If there's anything that comes into question, I need to leap over this fence or to escape zombies right. or I need to attack something, then you roll some dice. Now you have a community set of dice or 10 to start with. Sure. 10 candles, 10 dice. If at any point you fail drastically, some dice are going to be removed. Yes. Now here's the fun part. The dice are dependent on the amount of candles currently sitting lit. 
Right. So if a candle accidentally goes out. Yeah, I was just about to say, it should be noted that if a candle blows out on its own, tough luck. Yep. Life is sad. The game will end faster. You just lost a die. Yep. Everyone did because they're community dice. Yep. So to start, and by the way, this this continues a progression of scenes as well. So there are also 10 scenes in, in 10 candles. So each scene, theoretically, at the end of the 10th scene, you're done. You do a last stand. Sure. So to start with, the GM begins with, these things are true. The world is dark and you are alive. And at that point, everybody else kind of chants the same thing and kind of give that motif. The world is dark. You are alive. Yeah. Everybody can join in and they can. And then you add a, a bit of detail, such as. These things are true. The world is dark and you are al- and you are alive. We have plenty of food or they're coming for us, you know, but it always begins with that previous phrase. This is that whole, you know, that which is true part. Right. These things are true. We have plenty of food. After a specific number of truths, and this is equal to how many candles you have. So if you have 10, so when you start, you got 10 candles. Right. 10 truths, right? This gives the storyteller the ability to weave those truths into the first scene. Right. And then you kind of dive in. And conflict is basically, you know, the things you need to be rolled for, right? And it will come throughout the scene organically. You, Anybody who's seen a movie or read a book, there's always conflict, and that conflict happens through the progression of the story. Sure. Now, this is very simple as far as successes. You roll one six out of the community dice, you've succeeded in the action. Right. Seems pretty simple, right? Roll six. If you roll three of sixes, it still doesn't matter. You've succeeded. You've succeeded. I, I sometimes roll you succeed a little bit more, but sure. that's up. I mean, I, that's not really necessary. The kicker comes in if you roll a one. Because if you roll a one, then the GM takes those ones and sets them to the side for that entire scene. Now you're down to however many you have. Right. So if you roll four ones, then those are four out of the 10. If you start at 10, right now you're down to six that you have left to roll communally. So you can see how attrition happens very quickly. And the scene then progresses far faster than you may want it to, to progress. Sure. Any, one bad roll, a Yahtzee full of ones is going to be a rough day. Well, let's talk about the Yahtzee full of ones because that's the next thing. If you don't make any successes, if no sixes are rolled, you have failed the conflict. And a candle is darkened and the game then goes to the next scene. Yep. And you don't necessarily die. Right. But you're now on to the next scene, which means you have now permanently lost one die. Now, here's the fun part. The game master gets that dice, and now right. the game master rolls against you. So starting at 10 candles, they don't have anything to roll against you. Right. As and soon- so you continue to succeed as long as you continue to succeed. Correct. From that point forward, the more dice that the game master accumulates, every time you roll a conflict, the game master rolls against you. Now here's the fun part with that. The unlit dice, which is what we're going to call them. Sure. If... The GM gets more sixes than the players. Then it's a failure. Then it's a failure. Well, more specifically, it's not necessarily a failure. If you, let's say you roll two, six, two sixes. Right. And you're trying to do an action like 
stab the monster, something like that. The GM rolls three sixes. You still, you still succeed. It's still a success for you, but the GM gets to control how that success happens. And so they get to control the narrative of the story. So even though you succeed and you don't lose any dice, assuming you didn't roll any ones, then you don't control what you did. The GM controls what you did. And thus the GM can control the outcome if you were successful. So things can take a very dark or interesting turn. Sure. Maybe you successfully got away from those zombies, not because you outran them, but because you tripped a party member. Sure. Or someone who is not part of your party got involved in that. And maybe that's where your vice and your virtue comes into play as well. So you can, you can play on the character vices and virtues that you were given. Let's actually get to those types of traits. Yeah. Let's say you roll no sixes and you're like, damn, I don't want to move this story forward. I don't, you can, you can easily re-roll. Right. To re-roll, you burn a trait. And that literally means taking that index card and it's the one at the top, toss it into the bin and you set it on fire. You've now burned that character trait. So it's either your vice or your virtue or your hope. Right. Because the last one is always the brink. The brink. Yeah. And it must be used in a role playing aspect during the scene. So you have to you have to somehow weave your vice or virtue or hope into the scene and burn it. Once used, you can then use the card below it if you need to. So these are burned away. And and you can either stop to lose dice. So if you don't want to get a dice pulled away in the scene or if you want to re-roll something. I would say strategically re-rolling is probably better in, yes. my, in my case. So one of the things is, is whatever trait you burn is has to be narratively used to change, to succeed that role or right. to re-roll that role. Yeah, because this is a storytelling right. horror game. So if your trait is... I don't know. I, you were looking for that shotgun, right? Okay. So you failed your roll and then you're like, screw it. I'm going to re-roll it. You burn your hope looking for the shotgun. Maybe you found the shotgun and you turned around and maybe it only had one shot in it, but it was enough to buy you time to succeed that roll. Yep. And so now it's broken. You forever lost your hope. Yep. Burned away to the ground. So this continues on until a party member fails at something. And if they fail at, at some point, then the story moves on. The story moves on. Another candle's burned out. GM gets another dice. You get one less. You can see how this rapidly progresses very quickly. It goes downhill very quickly. Yes. Because the, the more you fail, the more you fail. That's right. And <laughs> obviously you can burn through your trait cards very easily and very quickly. And if you burn through all of them, that's it. You've you've died. You well. Or you've, you've succumbed to the darkness. You've succumbed to the darkness, and you have to pay for it with your life. That's the only thing you can pay for it less. And let's talk about that. So, eventually, in a in as little as a few minutes to a couple hours, depending on how you play, right, and how many characters are there, you get to. There's no more candles, no more dice. Right. The GM has all the dice. You have none of them, and the only thing you can do to become successful, to continue the story is to exchange your life. So your character literally sacrifices themselves to protect the party and move the story forward. So 
going zombie horror here. The zombies are coming. Okay, the remake of Dawn of the Dead, the dude with the grenade that straps himself to it and they're chewing on him and he does that so that he can blow all the zombies up and everybody else gets away. Sure. He sacrificed himself, right? You do something like that. You go out with a bang. You sacrifice your life and every, and that success happens. Right. Until the last character falls. And at that point, the last message is played. And that's it. Yep. So it's, it's very simple. It is. I don't know that we made it sound as simple as it actually is, but it, well, let's sum it up real quick then. Let's let's sum it up. So you got four cards: vice, virtue, hope, and brink. And brink. You can burn them to re-roll an action if you want, but you have to burn them in order. You've got 10 dice at the beginning because 10 candles. Whenever you fail, dice are taken away if you roll if you roll ones, and you can still roll until you run out of dice. Right. Or you Critically fail. If you critically fail, which means you roll no sixes, a candle's burned out, and... The storyteller gets to die. Storyteller gets to die, you get one less, the next scene then jumps into play. If a candle goes out accidentally, the next scene jumps in, the storyteller gets a dice, you get one less. Until until all the candles are gone, and then it's the last stand, you sacrifice yourself, and that's it. Yep. I would suggest, given the option... Play with glow-in-the-dark dice. Sure. That will make your life much, much easier. Or glow sticks in hand. Sure. That too. That would work. Do something spooky like that. Yeah. Some nice mood music would be good too. Absolutely. This is definitely, yeah. I mean, if you're going to play this, I say play this on Halloween. This is a great Halloween game if you have whenever we're- Play it tonight. Play it tonight. Do it. This dropped- at midnight, you had an entire day to make sure you got this. Make Although we are living in a pandemic, so maybe don't play it tonight. PDFs. Buy, buy the digital version. Play it tonight. Play it by the basking in the glow of the computer screen? Absolutely. Why not? Do it. Play it tonight. This is a great game to play when we are able to go out with friends once again as well, gathering around. Yeah, this is this is a wonderful camping trip game. Oh, yeah. Next to like a fire or something mm-hmm. like that? Absolutely. But it's, you gotta let it burn low. It can't be a roaring nah, fire. Nah, you gotta no, have like gonna be. Yeah, just the last few embers of the fire. You throw that, throw your your uh, character attribute into the Straight fire. Into the fire, yeah. Oh yeah, man, that's awesome. It's super spooky too. I mean, this is we've reviewed four other games, and they go from campy to somewhat disturbing to amusing. Right. But this is definitely the the more uh, most of those games have swing. Right. You can. You can swing it from Army of Darkness to Dawn of the Dead, but this game, there's not a lot of swing to. You need to be interested in playing a tragic horror story. Yep. That's the only con I would even say, is that sometimes this shit can get dark real quick. Yes. And depending on who's playing, there's very little room for... There will never be a happy ending, right? No. Like that's I mean, that's not how this game plays. Nope. But some of the pros, it's super easy to play. Anybody can get started. You can have a lot of fun with this game. It's a it's a trip. You just need a couple of D sixes, you know, ten D sixes and a couple extra for the players, and then some paper and your imagination, right? Rule yeah. set. That's it. I highly recommend this game. Matt highly recommends this game. Go go download the rules. Go give them some money. This is an awesome game. Yeah. 
They deserve it. They deserve it. They did a great job. That's all we got tonight. Come back and see us. Happy Halloween, folks. Happy Halloween, guys. Once again, my name is Eric. And I'm Matt. We'll see you next week. Bye. The Goblin's Corner has been written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Staples. D20 did our music. And this has been a subterranean production. Later.